This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Let's go to Ephesians 6.18. This is our foundational scripture on prayer. And um, this is Apostle Paul writing. And uh, it says here, pray in the spirit in every situation. Use every kind of prayer request there is. For, for the same reason, be alert. Use every kind of effort to make every kind of request for all of God's people. So my, my goal uh, this month is to get, your, get you fired up about prayer. Amen? We want prayer to be a, a, a delight and not a duty. Amen? And so hopefully uh, some of the, the, the things that we talked about this month um, will, will enhance your prayer life. Amen? Let's just do a little uh, small recap on what I preached on. Um, the first message we preached on the Old Testament tabernacle. And that was the, the priests, you know, going through the different uh, furniture, going to the Holy of Holies. And uh, how we can actually, I really believe, develop a relationship with God through our prayer time. God wants us building intimacy with him through prayer. Can I get an amen there? And so he wants us to build that intimacy with him because he uh, because we need to know God. And when you know God, you can pray. Amen. Down heaven. Glory to God. The second me- message we talked about was uh, the prayer of Jabez and uh, Jabez um, prayed a prayer and God answered that prayer. And we, we discovered in that service that God wants you blessed. Do You know, God wants you blessed. Amen. He wants you walking in the blessings. Amen. And uh, and so and so uh, Jabez asked God to bless him indeed. And God is okay with blessing us. Amen. And uh, we need to we need to believe that the blessing of God is on us, that the blessings of Abraham, Jesus paid for it. So we might as well walk in it. So, you know, if Jesus already paid for my blessing, I'm going to walk in it. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's the blessings of Abraham. So the blessings of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles in faith. And you got to believe that the blessings on your life. I'm going to say that again. You have to believe it. You're going to have to get your faith engaged. No matter what it looks like, you're blessed. No matter what's coming against your, you, you're blessed. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Joseph, even though he was in the pit, you know, his brothers threw him in a pit. And they didn't like him. He was still blessed. And even though Joseph ended up being sold into slavery and he became a slave to Potiphar, he was blessed in that household because he ran Potiphar's house. Amen. And then he ended up getting blessed in the jail. Amen. And running the jail. And then he ended up running the country. Amen. So no matter where you're at, God's blessings are always upon you. And then we we see here that uh, he also uh, prayed for influence. And so Jabez prayed for influence and God wants us to be, he wants us to influence uh, the realm realm that we're in. Amen. He wants you to be an influence at work. He wants you to be an influence in your neighborhood. He wants you to be an influence for the kingdom of God. Amen. And so God wants us expanding our borders. Amen. And then, uh, then uh, here he, Jabez prayed about having God's, hand upon him, which is God's manifested presence. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing like prayer. Can I get out of my seat this morning? There's nothing like prayer that, that will get you in a place where you have the presence 
of God on you. Amen. And, I, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I used to wear cologne. I don't wear cologne anymore because Yin is allergic to colognes. But I like to have the, the, uh, you know, the cologne of the Holy Spirit on me. I was about to say perfume, but I want to say that. Uh, <laughs> I want the cologne of the Holy Spirit on me. Amen? I, I, I want the presence of God. I was listening one time to, uh, I, I used to uh, go to school in, in, in Oklahoma, and um, they had uh, Oral Roberts University. And Oral Roberts, uh, I worked in a store at that time, I sold jewelry. And Oral Roberts uh, was a powerful man of God. I don't know if you know uh, who he was. And, um, and he, would wa- he walked into the store, and I was talking to one of the guys that said, oh, Oral Roberts walked in. He said that, that all of a sudden he just felt the peace and the joy of God. It was like, it was just evident. It was like, wow. And, you know, that's what I want in my life. I want to be, I, I want to walk in it. How many people want to walk in the peace and joy of God? But not only do I want to walk in it, I want to have it so much on me that people are sensing the peace and the presence of God on my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And I'm telling you, when you have that peace and that presence, it, it is a magnet. It, it, it draws people to you, really, so you can point them to Jesus. Amen. So, amen. So, so, so God's presence. Moses said, I don't want to leave this place unless your presence is with me. And then we pray for God's protection. Somebody say protection. protection. Because, you know, the enemy, uh, can, can I let you in on something? The enemy doesn't like, the devil does not like you. Amen. He hates all of God's creation. And why? Because the, the devil's jealous. He's jealous because he was the anointed cherub. He was the anointed angel. And guess who's anointed today? You are. Yeah, you are. Say, I am. Say, I am anointed. You are anointed of God. Amen? Do you believe that today? It's not just just me as the, the pastor. Thank God that God has placed an anointing on my life. But you guys are anointed. Say, I believe that. See, you've got to hook your faith into, you've got to believe that you're blessed. You've got to believe that God's with you. You've got to hook your faith into that. Why? Because the enemy's trying to talk to you and tell you that God's not with you and that things aren't working out. No, you're blessed even if things don't look like they're working out. Because eventually they will. I'm going to say that again. Eventually they're, they're going to work out. Amen? And then we talked about last week... I'm telling you, I really enjoyed preaching that message on prevailing prayer. In other words, we got to get, you know, you got to sometimes, has anybody ever gotten desperate in here? I'm telling you, sometimes we just need to get desperate for an answer. We need to just get desperate for God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We, 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 get, we need to get so desperate that we're crying out to God, God. I need you in my life. God, I need you to move. God, I'm telling you, we need to get desperate. In other words, we need to get passionate. And so if we're going to walk in prevailing prayer, we need to get passionate in our prayer. God knows when you're serious. And the devil knows when you're serious. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The devil's messing with you and, and you're just coddling him and... And saying it's okay and petting the devil. He's going to stay around. But you've got to get serious about the devil in your life. 
What, what, are you, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, any kind of sin in your life, sin and Satan are synonymous. So if there's any weakness in your life that you're, that you're bowing down to, you've got to get that thing out of your life. Amen. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? You've got to get serious. If you don't get serious about sin, then sin is going to get serious about you. And then you're going to be exposed and embarrassed and you don't want to go there. Amen. Amen. So it says in James 5, 16, it says the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Glory to God. And so that's powerful because, you know, I'm going to say this. That if you're born again, you are in right standing with God and you're a co-laborer with Christ. Amen. God's looking for somebody to pray. Amen. I'm going to say this. John Wesley said this. He, 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 John Wesley was a revivalist in England and he raised up all these churches. And some say that he really saved England. And, uh, but uh, he was a powerful man of God. And he came to a conclusion that he said, it just seems like God won't do anything unless somebody prays. In other words, God is not working independently uh, in himself. No, he works with us. He sets the whole system up where God works through us to get things accomplished. You know, one person says all for all that, you know, he said it this way, that for all for, for evil to exist and to keep existing, all that, all that good men have to do is do nothing. For evil to continue to, to continue to exist, then all good men have to do is do nothing. In other words, if we do nothing, evil is going to continue to exist. But we got to do something. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to do something. You got to get serious. Amen. And you got to get in, in that covenant relationship with God. So today I'm going to talk to you. Uh, about prayer. I'm going to talk to you about Psalms 23. And, uh, you know, I, how many people love Psalms 23 out here? And, you know, that's I actually pray Psalms 23 a lot of the times. I love Psalms 23. And we're going to look at this as um, a, a, and looking at God's character in prayer. Now, I'm going to say this, that when we look at this, there's actually eight names of God. And when we understand God's character in prayer, I believe it's going to embolden our prayer life and it's going to strengthen our prayer life. And and so so we need to look at at, at Psalms 23 uh, and we're going to I'm going to read this and then we're going to break it down. And so because I think this, listen, you don't go to God in prayer based on how good you are. Amen. I'm going to say it again. You don't say, God, look how good I am. Look how I go to church on Sundays and I pay my tithes, so I deserve a blessing. No, you go to God on how big he is, not how great you are. But when we enter in prayer, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, when they were under persecution from other kings, kingdoms and all that, they would start talking about how big God is. They would say, God, you are big. And, and they're trying to kick, they're trying to kick us out of your inheritance, you know. And they would talk about how big God is. And then God would move and said, I'm going to deliver you. You don't have to fight in this battle. The, the, the battle's the Lord. At one time he said, The battle's the Lord and the Lord's and the victory is ours. Are you listening? So what do we need to do? We need to magnify the bigness of God in our prayer life. Why? Because the circumstances, anybody ever deal with circumstances in here? 
Oh, yeah, we do. We deal with certain. What kind of circumstances are you talking about, Pastor? Well, I'm talking about you ever get attacked with any kind of sickness in your life. You ever, you ever get attacked in the area of your relationships? You ever get attacked in the area of, uh, of your finances? The enemy's working against us 24-7. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? We, we, we get attacked, but, but thank God, God is the greater one, and he's in us, and he's abiding in us, and we can overcome any attack that the enemy will try to come against us. And that's why we want to focus in our prayer life not on, on the attack. God, I'm going through all this stuff, and oh, Lord, you know, I'm just a, a weak worm, and I, I can't do anything. And No, you don't, want, you, you don't want to say that. No, the Bible says, let the weak say they're strong. That they're poor, say they're rich. In other words, prayer, a lot of times prayer is agreeing with God. Can I say that again? Prayer is taking God's promises and agreeing with God. If God calls you more than a conqueror and you, and you, you know, you missed it some this week, you've sinned, you've, you, you, you've, you've, you've fell out of it, then, you know, then you need to start, you need to start claiming you're more than a conqueror. You need to agree with God in prayer. And when we agree with God in prayer, that's dunamis power. So we need to stay in agreement no matter what it looks like. You're, you are winning. Amen. So we're going to look at Psalms 23. And it says here, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's, let's break this down this morning. And I'm, uh, it says here right at the very beginning, the Lord is your shepherd. He's your shepherd this morning. Amen. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd watches over the sheep. And I'm going to say this to you today. God is watching over you. No matter what you're encountering, no matter what the attack might be, God is watching. If he, listen, if his eye is on the sparrow, his eye is on you. No matter what you're dealing with, God's eyes are on you and he's a shepherd and, he, and he's your shepherd. And, and, and the covenant name is Jehovah Ra. So he's your shepherd. Amen. John 10, 14 says this way. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. Glory to God. Amen. I love that because because the shepherd knows the sheep and the sheep knows the shepherd. And in prayer, we need to have that relationship with God that we know God. Amen. And when we know God, God will lead us in the smallest areas of our life. Don't ever say, I don't know what to do. Don't ever say, I'm confused in this area. No, no, God, Jesus is your shepherd and he will lead you into greener pastures. You believe that today? No, God is your wisdom. If you need wisdom, ask of him and he will give you wisdom. And then in John 10, 4, it says this. uh, It says, and when... 
He brings out his own sheep. He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. See, you know, sometimes I don't know how Christians can get into sin because, you know, the enemy's always trying to tempt you to do the wrong thing. And you know the voice of the enemy. If it's wrong, it's wrong. You know it's not the devil. Listen, listen, uh, husbands and wives, you know, you know, the devil's not ta- talking to you about cheating on your spouse. You know, he, uh, the, God's not talking to you about cheating on your spouse. The devil will be. And telling you, well, you got a new calling there. You know, it's amazing how the enemy will try to talk you into sin. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? But listen, the Holy Spirit and the word of God always agree. And we have to walk in the love of God. Amen. And when we're governed by the love of God, we're not going to do anything that's going to be wrong in the eyes of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so so we. You should have more confidence, let me say it this way, in God's ability to lead you than your ability to follow. You should have more confidence that God is leading you into paths of righteousness for his namesake. Amen. And so and so in prayer, we, we will develop a, a sensitivity to hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. And then it, it, it says here, the second part of this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And really, I love that because I like to pray this. Lord, you are my, my shepherd. Father God, I thank you that you're my shepherd and I shall not lack for any good thing. Amen. And, you know, his covenant name in this is, is Jehovah Jireh. God is Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God's your provider today? But pastor, the bills are coming in. God is your provider. But pastor, I'm having a hard time. God is your provider. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Sometimes I think that we, 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 can, we, can, we need to trust God. Somebody say trust God. And sometimes we have a tendency. Can, can I step on your toes this morning? Sometimes we have a ten- tendency of trusting our own selves and our own abilities to take care of our own problems. I'm, I'm talking to anybody today. Sometimes we feel like we can handle our own problems. You can't handle, you can't handle your own problems. You've got to have God in your life. You know, you need to give your problems to God. Amen. And sometimes we have a tendency uh, to have more faith in, in our possessions and the money in our bank account. And we have more faith in that. And, and the enemy wants us to think that our, if we're doing well in our finances, sometimes we get deceived thinking that's all we need. No, you need more than just finances. You can have finances and have no peace. I need more than finance. God will add wealth and add no sorrow with it. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And sometimes we get in a place where we may be good financially and we may be prospering in the financial world, but our souls are are being drained. And so we got to be very careful that we're that we're not putting our trust in finances or in credit cards. I remember that when God called me to uh, go to Bible school and, uh, you know, I, I thought it was my idea. You know, a lot of times. We think it's our idea. You ever think it's your idea? You know, God will put it in you. 
to do something. And I was going to Bible school, and I was single at the time. And, um, and uh, I was planning on going to Bible school, and I did. I went out to Oklahoma, and God provided for me. God opened a job for me, and before I even was even accepted to the Bible school, I had already a job out there. Say, God will provide. And so I had a job, actually, I had a job in Wichita, Kansas, and uh, the, the manager there, I knew him from Virginia Beach, and uh, Wichita, Kansas is not too far from Oklahoma, about an hour and a half drive. And he was there, and he, for some reason, he, he loved the beach. He said, I don't even know why I'm working here. He said, I'm going to quit, but I'm going to make sure that, you, you, have a, uh, that you're, you're, you have a position in Oklahoma before I quit. So he, he, tra- he had me transferred to Oklahoma a mile away from the school. And they paid my expenses. So can somebody say God is... My shepherd, glory to God, paid my expenses to go over there, set me up in a hotel. The company was paying for it, and my plans were going to go to Oklahoma anyway. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Is God good or what? And then, you know, I was like in my, I got into my apartment. Uh, The name of the complex was Observation Point. (laughs) And, uh, And I got into my small little apartment. You know, I'm a single guy, you know. And all I brought was my clothes. I had a two seater, a a small little convertible, red convertible. And um, because I was ready to get a wife in Oklahoma, they, they, they used to call it Rama, you know, uh, Bible Center. They changed it to Rama Bible College. And, but, but people would call it Rama Bridal, Bridal Center. Okay, we won't go there. But um, so anyway, come on, you got to get some of my humor here. Please get my humor. And so I'm, I'm in, in, in my apartment. I don't have any lights. You know, I don't have any lamps. I don't have a bed. I just, it's just the floor, my clothes. I'm, I'm sleeping on the floor. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, you know, I'm really living like a missionary. And, you know, I'm, I'm not really into being a missionary. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? I'm kind of attached to USA. Amen. I like hotels. Amen. And I don't even like to camp. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So I'm, I'm, I'm in my apartment and I'm thinking, you know, God, there, there's not even a lamp in here. And I have credit card. And, uh, you know, actually the third day that I was there, somebody was pulling out a couch out of the, I was on the top level floor. Somebody was pulling a couch at the bottom level floor. And when I pulled up, I said, that's my bed. I said, that's my couch. And I walked up, knocked on the door. I said, what are you doing with this? She said, we're giving it away. Do you want it? I said, sure, I'll take it. And that was my first piece of furniture. Can somebody say God can provide? And it had a hide-a-bed in there. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? It wasn't just a couch. It was a couch with a hide-a-bed. And, they had, and she had a friend that brought a new couch in. And he was an older guy, like in his 60s. And he said, you want me to help you carry that couch up? I kind of looked at him. I said, you sure you can handle it? Yeah, I can handle it. You know, I didn't say it that way, but... And we carried that couch. I had somebody help me carry it. And that was my first piece of furniture. But that night I was thinking, I need pots and pans. I need to be able to cook. I'm going to use my credit card and I'm going to go down to Walmart. And I'm going to buy all this stuff. And so I went down to Walmart. And when I went there, I wasn't too excited about buying anything. For some reason, it seemed like I was committing a cardinal sin. I don't know why. Maybe I should have been at Kmart. I don't know. But, um, and uh, I, I went to Walmart, and, and as I was pushing the cart around, I just didn't really feel like buying anything, but I, you know, you can override the leading of the Lord. 
You know, God wants to lead us and he wants to show up in our lives. And sometimes we, we, we just do things in our own strength, in our own power, and we try to do it in our own way. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so I, I, I took, I got some lamps, I got some pots and pans, I got some, all this. I, I put it on the credit card, MasterCard, which I was already in debt to MasterCard. Amen. And I came, went back home. And, you know, when I got home, I just felt like I committed a sin. Now, God didn't say you, you messed up. But I felt like I messed up and I just felt so convicted for buying this stuff that I took it all back. And I remember when I took it back, the lady said, did you get in a fight with your wife? You know, I wasn't married. He said, did you get in a fight with your wife? You know, I said, no, God told me to bring it back. You know, I didn't say that, but people think you're crazy if you start telling people that God's talking to you or you hear what I'm saying to you today. But you know what? What happened was that I, I went back to an empty apartment. But what happened was I never asked anybody for anything. But God started strategically hooking me up with different people. And all of a sudden, different people, some people were moving out of the area, said, are you looking for some things? Because we're moving out. Would you like to have these pots and these pans? And I'm telling you, before three weeks ended, my entire place was filled up. I didn't, I didn't buy one thing. God provided everything. Matter of fact, what was so amazing about this was not only did I have the couch and I had all the, all the um, kitchenware, everything. I got stuff that I didn't even need. And I got so much stuff. And what I really needed was a bedroom set. And the last thing that came in was somebody who was a missionary. They were leaving and, and they came to me. I didn't ask anybody for anything. And, and this missionary said, I'm leaving. Would you like a bedroom set? Because I heard you just moved into your place. I said, I could probably use the bedroom set. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? God can do this. See, God wanted to show up and reveal something to me. You don't have to always rely on your credit card. You don't always have to rely on your, on your rich uncle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't have to put pressure on people. I, 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 I didn't even ask God to fill my place up. He just did it. Isn't that awesome? So, so, so he is our shepherd. We shall not lack for any good thing. Amen. The, the scripture here I want to focus on is in Philippians 4.19. And my God, say my God, shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So when you're in prayer, you start thanking God that he that he is your provider. Instead of coming in in a beggar's way and saying, God, I don't have anything. I don't I'm nothing. I'm no, you are something in God and you have something. You have a covenant. You have a covenant with God almighty and it's bought by the blood of Jesus. You have something today. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you today. And so and so here in Psalms 23, 2, it says here, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. That's interesting. It says he makes you lie down in green pastures. And so what is this? This is God's covenant name for he's Jehovah Shalom. Have you ever heard the word Shalom? And, uh, you know, uh, Shalom means nothing broken. Nothing missing, total peace in every area of your lives. Amen. I think sometimes the reason why we are um, 
Sometimes we can get stressed out. Anybody ever get stressed out in here? And I think why we get stressed out sometimes is we're just too busy. We're just, we're burning the candle at both ends. We're running from, from sun up to sundown. We have our list filled and we're so busy, amen, that we're burning the candle at both ends and it will never make you any brighter. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And, and you got Sometimes you just got to slow down. Look at your neighbor and say, slow down. And sometimes you just got to slow down because the enemy, one of the things the enemy will get you on, if he, listen, the devil will get you in two, two ditches. Can, can I talk to you this morning? Yeah. One ditch where, where the devil doesn't really want you doing anything. In other words, the devil will try to get you to buy into the grace message, the mega, the super grace message. What's that, pastor? What's all that about? Well, God's grace covers your laziness. God's grace does not cover laziness. God's grace does not cover you not doing anything. No, God's grace. You're sometimes, oh, God's grace. He's got it all covered. I don't have to do nothing. No, God's grace enables you to do something. So that's one ditch that we get on is, oh, man, I can just sit around and do nothing. No, no. Paul says you don't you don't work. You don't eat. So so we, we have to do something. Amen. And then on the other side of the ditch, well, if the devil can't get you doing nothing, he'll try to get you doing everything. In other words, he'll get you so busy where you get so, where I got to keep working. Uh, and you're like, like a hamster on a wheel that keeps running and you keep running and you keep running and you keep running. And then you don't have any time for God. Amen. You don't have any time for your family. You don't have, oh, you listen to what I'm saying today. You get too stressed out. Some of us might need, a, if you're in that ditch, a workaholic ditch, you might need to just slow down. I'm telling you, when you get to your deathbed, you're not going to be thinking about all the money you made and all the things that you had. You know what you're going to be thinking about on your deathbed? Your relationships. That's really, you're not going to be thinking about all of that. So don't be running after the wind. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Uh, we don't want to run, you know, f- and try to grasp things. In Ecclesiastes 4, 6, it says, it, it says it this way, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Can I get an amen here? Amen. amen. So, so we, 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 it's better off for you to have something, but, but if you're going to, you know, you don't want to spend your life trying to get it all. Amen. God is your provider. Glory to God. You know, I think about Mary and Martha and, and Jesus went to their house to eat. And, you know, you know, you probably know the story. Martha was, she was busy getting things ready, preparing the food. And Jesus was ministering. And Mary, her sister, was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words. And Martha got a little upset about it and said, Jesus, and Jesus, could you imagine Jesus was probably preaching a message on love? You know, I don't know what he was preaching on, but he could have been preaching on love, you know. And Jesus was preaching and Mary was down there and Martha said, Jesus, do something. Talk to my sister and tell her to help me out. She, she, she's been hearing the grace message too much. She's not doing any. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so, you know, Jesus said, Martha, Martha. You're, you're, you're so, you're so preoccupied with so many things. You're, 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 you're allowing the, the stress of life to come in. And, 
And then, then he commended Mary. Now, this is not to, I'm, I'm not promoting laziness here, okay? But, you know, sometimes we tend to be the Marthas. How many people seem to feel like that you're the Martha in here? I'm not, I, Martha was doing some good things. I'm not discounting Martha. She, she was a worker bee. Thank God for our worker bees, amen? I wasn't discounting Martha, but Mary, Jesus was ministering, and Mary, and, and Jesus said, Mary chose the good part, and what she chose will not be taken away from her. What am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying sometimes, well, I'm going to say all the time, the word goes always before work. Worship always goes before you move. Oh, you hear what? When you get up in the morning, don't, don't focus on work. Focus on worship. In other words, set your day up for God to move in your lives. Amen. John 14, 27 says this way. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not, uh, I do not give you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You know, I, I think sometimes, um, you know, sometimes you see some Christians and they're all stressed out. But, you know, listen, your, your Christian walk should not be a walk of stress. It should be a walk of rest. Amen. You know, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you stress. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a reverse translation. Come to me. Those are heavy, heavy laden and weary and heavy laden. And I'll give you not stress, but I'll give you rest. Amen. So, so God wants to give us rest. And then this is interesting what, what Jesus said. He said, take my yoke up, upon you. Learn of me for I'm meek and humble in spirit. And you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is hard and heavy. My yoke is easy and my burdens are heavy. My burdens are light. I love that scripture because really, you know, uh, when they when they hooked up the ox uh, with, with, you know, the um, yoke. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, it, it was it was fitted just perfectly for those ox. Or oxen, however you call it, amen. They would put two oxes together, and they would and they would hook it up. I'm telling you, God has the perfect yoke for you, and I'm telling you, His yoke is easy, and His burdens are light when you're doing it right. You can tweet that. You're, his, are you listening to what I'm saying? His yoke is easy, and His burdens are light when you're doing it right. In God, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So really, really, it should not be, it should not be hard as a Christian. The Bible says the, the, it's the wicked ways that are hard. It's the, the way of a transgressor, the Bible says, is hard. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So, so Psalms 23.3 says this. Uh, he restores my soul. I love this because, because I, God wants our souls to be restored. Glory to God. So really, this is God's covenant name for he is Jehovah Rapha. And that means that God is our healer. He restores our soul. To restore means to bring back to original state on how God created us. God wants us back into that original state. Amen. He wants to restore us really back to where Adam and Eve was before they fell. How do you think Adam and Eve's relationship was with each other, with God before the fall? It was perfect. They had no issues. 
Adam and Eve had no issues. They, they, they were in perfect in the Garden of Eden and they had no issues. They were blessed. And God wants you in a place with him where you sense and you don't feel any issues. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth us. You know, when Jesus preached his first message uh, in the synagogue and he preached that the, uh, that the spirit of the Lord was upon him and, and that God anointed him, glory to God. And, he, and Jesus said he sent me, God sent Jesus to what? To heal the broken hearted. And God, you know, is, he's, God's interesting in your physical healing, but he's also interested in your heart being healed, in your heart being, being restored. God is a specialist in healing broken hearts. Do you believe that today? So no matter what people do to you, amen, God can heal your broken heart. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In 1 Peter 2, 24 and 25, it says this, he per, uh, it says this, um, that um, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who, who was wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Glory to God. God's the guardian of our souls. Amen. It's actually the word of God. The word of God will, will heal your soul. Do you believe that today? When you're under the word of God this morning, the anointing is in, in manifestation. I believe some of you are getting healed under the anointed word that's being preached today. Somebody say, I'm receiving my healing in Jesus name. Psalms, uh, Psalms 23, 3 says he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So God, God is our righteousness. The covenant name is Jehovah Tiskanu. And when you're in prayer, see, I love that because I love that God's my, my righteousness because I'm not going in my behalf on how, again, how good I am. I'm not focused in my prayer life on how great I am and how righteous I am. I'm focused on the fact that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I go in Jesus's name. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you this morning? And so he is our righteousness so we can go in to the throne room of God without fear or a sense of, of condemnation or weakness. We can go in boldly to obtain mercy uh, in time of need. You hear me today? I love this in Isaiah 54. And I love this scripture. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. I love this. People can be talking bad about you. People can be saying all kinds of evil against you. But your righteousness, you know, you, you righteousness, God said he's going to make sure that it's going to be turned around. Because your righteousness is not of yourselves. Your right, God chose you. Yes. Say, I am chosen. God chose you and he and he and he sanctified you and he made you right in his eyes by the blood of the lamb. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Psalm 23, 4 says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So God is with you today. God is there. Can I say that? God is where? He's right there with you. The enemy will try to make you think that he's not there. He's with you when you wake up. He's with you when you go about your day. God is with you. Fear should not be a part of, of your life. Why? Because God's with you. You know, I, you know, I need to teach my, my uh, little girl, Christina, that God is with her. And she's afraid of the dark. So she won't go in the house unless I turn the light on. And she says, Daddy, I'm afraid of the dark. God's with you. You know? It doesn't matter. We're, don't be afraid of the dark. Any, any adults in here afraid? Of, okay, we won't go there. But say God is with me. He's the God that is there. Glory to God. And so, and so he is the God that, that is with you. Amen. You know, it says in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, it says, uh, never, uh, he says, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we may say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Listen, don't have a fear of man. Have a fear of God. Amen. It doesn't matter what people think. What really matters is what does God think? What does God think about you? And he, you know what God thinks? He's thinking good thoughts about you. My thoughts are good thoughts, the Bible says, to give you a hope and a future. God has good thoughts about you. And what the enemy will try to make you think is God's not thinking too highly of you. And what the enemy will try to get us into, you know, into legalism. Well, you haven't prayed enough. You haven't read enough Bible. You know, God's not thinking too much of you. And, you're, and sometimes we equate our relation with God. And if God, if we have favor with God, pertaining on how much we're doing for God. No, don't focus on that. Focus on how much God loves you, glory to God, and how much he's done for you. Not how much you do for him. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And when you focus on that, how much he's done for you, your relationship will take on wings and fly like an eagle. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Focus on the goodness of what God has done for you. Glory to God. God is awesome. Amen. So here in Psalm 23, 4, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Well, I already hit on that. So Psalm uh, Number seven, Psalm 23, five says, yet, yet he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And that's pretty awesome. I like to say this to you today, that God is your defender. And God will, no matter what's coming against you, he's going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. What does that mean, pastor? That means that God's going to make you successful when everybody else says that you're not going to make it. That means that God's going to bless you. He's going to give you a table. He's going to spread it out. He's, he's going to feed you the very best. And he's going to do it in front of those that are talking nasty about you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? And, and so he prepares a table before us. He is Jehovah Nisi. He's our banner of victory. God's your victory this morning. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? He's your victory. In 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, it says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you, and he will protect you from the 
evil one. Psalms 23, 5 says, he anoints your head with oil. Your cup runs over. What does that mean? That means that, 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 that God will bless you. He has anointed you. Amen. He, he's your sanctifier. He's, he's Jehovah Kadesh. He's the God that sanctifies you. What does that mean? That means that God sets you apart for his special purpose. Say, I'm set apart for God's special purpose. God, God has said each one of you, you have a, you know, listen, each one of you are called to do something in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, and you might be sitting there thinking, I just thought it was the pastor that's supposed to be doing all the work. No, it's you, you're supposed to be doing the, I, I, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm the minister, but really I'm the administrator and you're the ministers. God's calling each one of you to do something in the kingdom of God. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, you got a calling. Don't say it too nervously, okay? <laughs> uh, you got a call. You got a calling, and God has not only uh, anointed me to be up here to minister, but God has anointed you. You are anointed. You have the grace of God on you to do whatever God is calling you to do. What does that mean, Pastor? That means when God ever calls you to do something, and you step in it with the right heart attitude. Did I get that right? Because you can do something and not have the right heart attitude and the anointing is not going to work that great. But, but you've got to be willing. Somebody say, I'm willing and obedient. And when you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. Somebody say, I'm getting willing. Amen. What, is willing is, uh, what does that mean? That means that you have a great attitude in serving the living God, I love that, that he anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. What does that mean? It means that God's going to grace you so much that you're, you're, the life that he has given you, the, the Zoe life, the abundant life that he has promised us, it, it will be so much it will start moving out into other people's lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? The, the anointing and the grace will start causing other people to, to, to receive the goodness of God. You're getting people saved. You're getting them delivered. You're getting them set free. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God has anointed you. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him, who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I love that. And, you know, it's so amazing here. We, you know, we focus on, yeah, I'm, I'm his chosen per- people. You know, I'm a chosen person of God. I'm a royal priesthood. And when you're in prayer, you start thanking God that you're chosen, that you're a royal priesthood, that you're, you're God's own special possession. You need, you need to get that in your makeup. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? He's, 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 he, he has chosen you, glory to God. And he has called you out to, to, for his glorious purposes. Amen? So, again, we need to think about the greatness of God in our prayer life. And we need to think about these names of God and what God has given us. And when we start magnifying the bigness of God... In our prayer time, I'm telling you, our prayers will be so powerful. We'll be seeing our prayers answered left and right. Let me just close out by saying this. 
I want to close up with this final thought. God answers prayers based on who he is on, and not on just who we are. In other words, God, we, he answers prayers based on his goodness, on his mercy, on his covenant promises. We just bring his covenant promises to him and he answers those prayers. Did you get something out of that this morning? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. And I just thank you, Father God. Oh, that you are our shepherd and we shall not lack for any good thing. And I thank you, Father God, that you, oh, you, you lead us and guide us into all truth, that you're our righteousness, that you are our prince of peace. We just thank you, Father God, that, that we just acknowledge you this morning. And perhaps you're here this morning in the audience or watching online and, and uh, you know, you don't, you haven't, since the presence of God or the peace of God, or you, you've never asked, you don't have an assurance of, of if you died today, you'd go to heaven. I, I, I want to want, lead you in a prayer. If you're ready to do this, just, just pray this prayer after me and mean in your heart. And I believe that you will be translated out of, out of the darkness that you may be in today into God's love and his light. And just pray this after me and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus You died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.